Welcome to Grow With The Flow podcast with your friend and host, Itzy. Here, we inspire each other to grow, grow professionally in our career aspirations, and grow personally with our life, relationships, and confidence, all while rolling with the punches, embracing the chaos, and growing with the flow. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Grow With The Flow podcast. I am your host, Itzy, and today we are joined by none other than Nana Ajamine. She is a multimedia journalist and CEO and founder of Every Stylish Girl that works to provide consulting and networking platforms for black and brown women to connect and build their brands. Formerly, Nana worked as a journalist and social editor for New York Magazine, BBC News, The New York Times, and CBS. Her focus on telling stories about the lives of Black women led her to attend Columbia University for her master's in multimedia journalism. As part of her continued passion to display diversity in media and fashion, she created Every Stylish Girl Biz, a sister brand to the original Every Stylish Girl, and a platform for women of color looking to change the world of business. In addition to running both companies, Nana loves to report on social activism and women entrepreneurs. She wants to ensure that the news we read reflects the diverse world we live in. I mean, if that doesn't hype you up enough, I don't know what will. Throughout the episode, Nana shares with us her journey as one of the few Black women in media and how she turned the lack of representation into her purpose and passion. We chat about how her unapologetic determination and intentional authority in every step of her journey cultivated a prosperous business and community. You might want to take a seat or pull out your notes app for this one. Hi, Nana. It's a pleasure to have you on Grow With The Flow podcast today. Um, Why don't we start off by telling us how you're growing with the flow? Hey, Itzy. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm going day by day. Uh, Honestly, I just feel just kind of drained because it is Black History Month. And during Black History Month, you know, the mission of our company, Every Stylish Girl, is the advancement of Black and Brown women. So I am just constantly doing activations and partnerships right now. So I'm back to back busy, um, but, you know, busy in a good way, right? Booked and busy. (laughs) Um, So I'm definitely going to make sure next month to take some time for myself and even restart and refresh myself. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I appreciate you making time for me and for our listeners on such a, you know, busy month for you and such an important month. But I want to get to know a little bit about your journey. Obviously, you have impacted your community more than you know, I'm sure. Um, And you are a journalist, a creator, a digital marketer, founder of Every Stylish Girl. Tell us a little bit about your journey in media and now as a successful entrepreneur. Ah, the journey in media was not an easy one, (laughs) right? I think being one of the few Black women who were working in media, you know, I didn't see a lot of people like me. I didn't see a lot of representation. I remember walking into the bathroom and a white woman, I was working at Hearst Media at that time, was like, are you this other Black woman? And I'm like, no, that's not me. Like, I'm an intern. That person is like a director here. How can you confuse us? But literally there were that you black women that they all thought we were the same person 
So it was 100% frustrating in the beginning, having that lack of representation. But in a way, I feel like everything happens for a reason because that inspired me to launch my company and make sure I open the doors for other Black women who were trying to break into the industry because there's a huge pipeline issue, of course. There's a lot of um, nepotism. And you see a lot of people, once again, referring their family members, friends that they know. And when most of those people are white, that's all you're going to continue to see in the industry, right? So that's why I go back to there's a huge pipeline issue in the industry. And there's not that many people, you know, really pushing for representation in the industry that are Black editors. And so I took it upon myself to really take to make that transition from an editor to a founder and create this company that devotes our time and, you know, and our energy into making sure there is representation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people can often see the lack of representation as a place that's not for them. Right. Like similar when I started my influencer journey, you know, it was very predominantly white, even just my college experience, predominantly white. And there were so many times where I just wanted to give up. But now the fact that I'm able to empower women of color to take up space online in their creative um, industries is is so rewarding. But it also just like becoming brands becoming more aware and not just using the months, the Hispanic Heritage Month or the Black History Month to pay us because we are overqualified at some point. So truly that that is amazing. So clearly you're out here paving the way for women of color through your platform. How did that, you kind of touched on it. How, how did you talk yourself into doing it? Like, how did you know, okay, I'm capable of making a difference. You know, I think when people have these ideas, I think sometimes we get stuck because we have all the ideas, right? We want to get these women in at our tables now, or we want them to start feeling empowered to build tables now, but we really have to start from scratch one step at a time. How did you do it? So the first thing that I did was that I made sure that I had a strong voice in the industry already. I had built my network up. I had made connections. People knew who I was. So if I were to email you about referring or recommending an intern that I had in my pipeline, you would say, yes, Nana, I would love to hear from you. I would love to talk to that person. It's really, really important that you build your network first. Because if you're creating a company that's about hiring and recruitment within media and fashion, and you don't know who are the executives at these companies who have the seats at the tables that you're trying to work with, it's going to be really, really difficult, right? So the first step is build your network. Take your time. There's no rush, right? I was working in the industry for five plus years before I decided to take the leap and you know work on my business full time. But that's because I was working on my business since 2016, right? It's been o- over five years. I always tell people when it comes to startups, do not leave your full-time job for your side hustle until you're at least five years in, right? Because at least five years, you can 100% say that, hey, I have raised funds for this company. I have made money. I have profit. If you don't have that in five years, you need to let it go or you need to re-strategize or you need to pivot. Every time I think about business, I always say, give yourself five to eight years. If you are not making the same amount that you make in your full-time you probably need to pivot, you know, and it's tough because no one wants to let their baby go. But I think for me, that's how I knew. I knew I wanted to work on it full time was because I had hit a financial goal, but I had hit some personal career goals too as well. Yeah. And I think when you begin networking, 
it can get difficult when you're not, the, the doors are constantly closing, right? So five years to anyone listening, they might be like, oh shit, especially with like Instagram and social media and all these gurus saying overnight results, overnight success. Um, and I'm always encouraging my clients. And one of the phrases I live with is like, I'm not in a rush. And going back to that purpose, why am I doing what I'm doing? And for you, it was really building up this credibility and perfecting your craft and knowing your strengths and gaining that experience before you were able to offer that to anyone else. Exactly. It's all about building authority in the space. If you don't have any authority, how are you going to get it? How are you going to nail those partnerships? How are you going to get those gigs? How are you going to make those funds? Right. And so I think it's really, really important. Like you said, you got to build authority and credibility within the space, with any space, any space that you're trying to launch a business in or work in. I remember, I love this example so much. I was taking a walk with an influencer in the Bay Area and she had just DM'd me and was like, you know, I see you're in San Francisco. Can I hang out with you? And she was pretty consistent, you know, and I thought she was a really sweet girl. I think she went to some of my events and I was like, sure, let's go for a walk. Why not? She just wanted some career advice. And so I remember meeting with her and she's like, I'm really trying to grow my platform. I'm really trying to grow. I'm trying this, I'm trying that. And I think she had just started taking Instagram pretty seriously. And I'd given her some pointers and everything. And I can't believe two years later, her videos are going viral. They're getting hundred K views on reels. She has like 6,000 followers. I think when we went on that walk, she had 2000, she grew like 3000 in a month. Like she is really, really, you know, she found her niche and she's killing it on reels. And I think all that to say, like, it really takes devotion. And I think a lot of people are so quick to give up, but it's really staying true, finding your niche and repeating it. It's as, it's as simple as that. Figure out what people want to see and repeat that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can pivot. Like you're not, it's not set in stone. Your decisions are not in set in stone. And I think when we've been so used to this traditional route, we think we have to stick to it and we have to follow through, or that means something about us and our success. Just even knowing that you were able to see her growth from the first time you met to just now because she didn't give up um, and allowed herself that flexibility and that grace and just getting better while having that consistent income, right? From her full-time job. I think sometimes though, what we think we want isn't really what we want. Like society has conditions of what we should be doing. How do you, how to have you focused and been able to stand in your power and practice that resistant without the distractions of what you should be doing? My community. It all goes back to my community. The Every Style Girl community keeps me so motivated, no matter the adversity I face, you know, the people telling me, go this way, go this way, distractions, honestly. And really what keeps me focused is my community. They keep me grounded. They keep me resilient because at the end of the day, the fight is more than the fight is more than just me. It's for everyone else. It's for every black and brown woman who had the door closed in her face in media, who told her she wasn't good enough, who told her she wasn't smart enough, she didn't have as much connections, she wasn't rich enough, she didn't have the right clothing. It's for her at the end of the day. So I think it's it's important when your mission is larger than you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really does keep you motivated. Yeah, it goes back to your purpose and your community, and I think that's really important. I don't think there's enough enough emphasis on that. Um, Now you have to make a living off of this if you wanna quit your full-time job. How do you balance, right? 
especially as an entrepreneur and someone who is so giving for their community, how do you balance making money, right, under capitalism when you're trying to open up the door for more women? So how do you know that balance? A hundred percent. I would say use your skills. That's how I make money. I mean, I'm a journalist full time. So at the end of the day, a lot of my gigs are public speaking with established corporations who have money, Fortune 500 companies. So they have some money to pay for those. You know, I'm doing speaking engagements. I'm doing panels. I'm doing interviews. I'm doing a lot of those different things as well. And so we're not putting, right, you should have multiple streams of income. It shouldn't just be one. And one thing I really harp on is I'm a big person of education. I have my master's degree in journalism. That has helped me open so many doors in my career. And that is just something that's worked for me personally, you know? So I think at the end of the day is like use your skills and your expertise and create multiple streams of revenue, whether it be YouTube, Instagram and ebook. Oh my gosh. An ebook is so vital because I'm sure there's people that have asked you, you know, questions. One is your support. One is your advice. Think about what are the top three things that people come to you the most for? Is it beauty tips? Is it skincare tips? Is it fashion tips? And ask yourself, how can you make a profit off of that? Right. How can you turn it into a side hustle? How can you turn it into an extra stream of revenue? And I'm telling you, it's going to do wonders for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I think, yeah, multiple streams of income is huge because especially for someone who's so multi-passionate, like we are, we, we need, we need creativity. We need community. We need uh, to make money. We need to give back. There's so many like check boxes that we need to mark. And by those different streams of income, we're able to satisfy that. Exactly. So some may argue and say, well, it's easy, Nana. <laughs> You've had the connections. You got into Hirsch. How can creatives of color who perhaps may have not have access to networking thrive? So those who don't have access, you know, you had mentioned something earlier in the interview that I think can expedite people's experiences much more than my five plus years and the key is social media. It's so easy to slide in the DMs of people you aspire to be. It's so easy to go to LinkedIn and literally look at what their trajectory is and try to mimic it. I did that, you know, when I chose to go to Columbia University for my master's. I asked myself at that time, what did the editor-in-chief of Essence Magazine do? I kid you not, went to her LinkedIn and I just read her trajectory. I was like, what did she do? Where did she go? And I saw she went to Columbia Journalism School. And I was like, oh my goodness, I need to apply there because at that time I wanted to be the editor-in-chief of a magazine. And so that was my, that was my goal for myself. And so I think it's, it's so easy, not so easy, but there's a lot less barriers because of social media. So don't be intimidated, slide into the person's DMs that you aspire to be, ask them for a Zoom call, ask them for a conversation, because I think the most helpful thing in life is getting advice, right? And getting support. Um, And so if you can just, you know, if you can just do that through social media and shoot your shot, that helps. In college, what I did was I would actually send cold emails. So I would email 10 people a week, 10 people a week that I wanted to either work at their companies or that they inspired me. And I would say, hey, can I treat you to coffee? I mean, most people don't say no to a coffee. (laughs) And I didn't have much money, but what's a coffee? Like four bucks. And I wouldn't get one for myself. I would just get one for them to, you know, be cost efficient. Yeah, But it's those, it's that consistency that got me to where I am today because I started with no connections. I was just a regular college student. 
did classes, that was it. But I think it was my tenacity and it was my resilience to keep going, keep pushing, setting those goals for myself, like reach out to 10 people a week that you aspire to be that got me into these doors. And so it's so important to pivot, pivot, pivot. I'm going to share one more story because I really feel like personal anecdotes are so impactful. Yeah, please do. My friend Candace Banks, her and I started taking photos of each other in New York City, I think like 2019, 2018, because we really wanted to build our Instagram. So every weekend we would shoot, literally we'd pick a location, we'd do a photo shoot, we would shoot like three to four outfits of each other. And Candace at that time was trying to grow her, her Instagram platform Um, But she wasn't consistent. You know, I think it was just like, you know, you fall off, life, life happens, work. But her goal at the end of the day was like, hey, Nan, I really want to grow my Instagram so I can launch my TV show. She wanted an online TV show. For years, you you know, it didn't happen. She's trying to figure it out. This thing called TikTok launches. (laughs) She starts using TikTok and she is the most consistent thing on there. She used it. I think she started TikTok in October and it's now February and she has a million views. Oh my gosh. And she's surpassed her following. I think her TikTok following is almost 40,000. Her Instagram one is like 10K. So you really have to be consistent, pivot, try new platforms. Maybe Instagram is not for you. TikTok is for you. Try it. YouTube might be for you, right? Really figure it out what it is because there is a possibility. And she's been at this for years trying to grow her Instagram platform. And so I just say that to say like, don't give up on yourself so easily. You know, if you're not growing on Instagram, try something else. Yeah. Yeah. I love the whole shoot your shot thing. When I first started influencing, I I look back and I'm like, who did I think I was? Like I was pitching to like 20 brands a week because I knew I had something to offer. And this was like in 2015, 2016 had like one K following. I did get some yeses. I got a lot of no's, but I did not stop. I just kept going because I believed in my purpose. I believed that I had something to offer, but like, it's just funny to think how your mindset like really goes back to how much determination you have and what are you letting get in the way? If you're taking those no's personally, then you can't keep moving. You can't keep shaking and trying new things and pivoting. And really, that's what I did with you, right? I slid into your DMs. I slid into your DMs multiple times. And you've been an angel in that you, right? We're literally having a networking chat right now. And it's it's just incredible. And you'll, you'd be surprised how many yeses you'll get um, from people who, who want to continue lifting others up. Right. And you'll be surprised how many doors that can open from you for you, because it really just takes one conversation, right? Just getting your foot into the door is the first step, right? And getting your name in there and getting association in there, like that is the first step you need. And then you'll be surprised how many tables you're invited to from that, how many opportunities come to you from that. Right, yeah. I love the thing that you said about social media. Everyone has access to that. So using that privilege of having access to social media and that resourcefulness to build a platform there, but even in your own spaces. So at your work, right? Everything that you're learning and your full-time job can be applied to business. I've gotten partnerships from like random places that I've worked at, like American Apparel. Like you just never know who's watching and who's listening. If you're just working on your craft and you're working on really doing the best that you can, people are watching, people will see, and people will remember that. Exactly. 
Speaking of social media, you've obviously been very successful. Um, you managed to grow the Cuts Instagram following to reach 1 million, and you published a book about social media tips you wish people knew about. So tell us some of those unkept secrets to leveraging social media to build your dream business. Of course. So one thing that my ebook talks about is the three E's and how impactful that is. Whether you're a business owner or you're an influencer, every time you post a piece of content, you need to ask yourself, does it meet one of the three E's? The first one is, does it educate? The second one is, does it engage? And the third one is, does it excite? Right? Because the most important thing when I thought about every every single thing I posted on the cut and what we post on every stylish girl's Instagram is, is this educating our audience? Because when you're educating someone, they're most likely going to save your post because they want to come back to it. They want it to be a, refer a reference to them. Is it exciting? Is this something they're going to share with their friends in the group chat? Is it going to make them laugh? Right. And then thirdly, is it engaging? Are you asking them a comment? Right. Can they engage in the cat in the comment section? What is your caption talking about? So before you post any piece of content, ask yourself those three E's. Even if you're someone that's really big on aesthetics and you, you want to post like a perfume bottle, because you know, we like to do that girls, or we like to post the shoes or men, I would just ask yourself, like, how can you make this engaging? Is it, is there a question? Like, what are your favorite perfumes for 2020 so far? Like, what are you guys using? What do you, what are your go-to perfumes? Just constantly ask yourself. And if you're a perfume brand, you should be doing this in your caption, you know, not if you're just an influencer. Yeah. So bringing it back to the three E's. And if you want more tips, you're going to have to go to the link in my bio for the ebook. But it's been, you know, I've only heard phenomenal comments about it. You can be an influencer of zero followers to someone of 50K. And I think there's still just so much information to learn from it. And even for small business owners too, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's important. And we will link your book in the show notes. So everybody go buy it. I'm sure it's full of gems. But I think also when you're taking it from that approach, keeping your community in mind, right, because you want to build this connection, you get to see what works, right? So then you get to pivot. You're like, okay, this is, they really love this. I'm just going to double in on that. But you also are having fun with it and you're releasing the pressure from all the vanity metrics. And you're like, even if this just inspired one person, even if it got one share, one save, like, that makes a difference. The fact that one person really needed to hear what you had to say. Exactly. And you'll be surprised next week when you try it again, it gets five saves. The next week it gets 10, right? And I think it goes back to that consistency and setting those goals for yourself. Um, I actually have a five-year life plan I talk about all the time. I think it's actually in my highlights, but pretty much the five-year life plan is creating a plan for where you see yourself in five years. You start at one week. What is your goals for all that week? Two weeks, a month, three months, six months, a year, two years, three years, and five years. You're just setting up goals for yourself at each of those time periods. And it's so motivating. And I look at it every day and I refresh it and I update it. And I'm always so surprised how quick I hit my goals that I set for myself a year away that I started reaching at three, six months, right? Yeah. But it's all about the power of manifestation, right? If you're writing that down, something about that pen to paper, right? Something about putting that on your vision board, something about putting that on your mood board, really start, you start to visualize it every day. You don't realize how much you work towards it every single day, right? And so it's important to put those things on paper and it's important to visualize those and put those around you so you can surround yourself with your goals that you want for yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's really refreshing because I, a lot of my clients are focused on their five-year goals or their two-year goals. And that is overwhelming, right? There's so many goals in between. So if you're able to look at it in a smaller picture of one week, two weeks, like you're able to actually tackle them and cross them off and get better at them. Um, So I love that. I'll have to check it out. And also if it's on your highlight, I will link it. Um, tell me about consistency though, because before you had a team that you could delegate to before while you were working your full-time job, how did you remain consistent and actually prioritize your side hustle without letting, like you mentioned earlier, letting perhaps, you know, a breakup or just like family stuff come in the way of your goals? So for me, I'm someone who loves giving tangible advice. That is just like my go-to when I go to panels. I'm like, give me some tangible advice. What can I go home and do? So if you're listening to this right now, what you can do right now, if you're someone who's feeling overwhelmed, so busy every single day, you're feeling drained, you have a side hustle, you're an influencer, you have a full time. This is my advice to you. And this is what got me to where I am today. We all have roughly about five things that are really important to us, right? One is maybe you're going to school, maybe you have a full-time job, you have a side hustle, socializing, and your family. Those are the five things we probably engage with like every single day. I'm going to tell you right now, remove one thing out of that list. It's a tough one. And so for me, what I removed was socializing. I didn't go out on the weekends. I spent the weekends working on every stylish girl. I spent the weekends growing my platform. I spent the weekends brainstorming about what I want to do. I spent the weekend strategizing about what I want to do for my business. It is very difficult. You're going to have a lot of temptation to go out, but this is business, right? And if you want to be this six-figure, you know, mommy or poppy, <laughs> you have to have that discipline. You have to, and I'm not telling you to do this for the rest of your life. I'm telling you to do this for six months. Can you do this for six months? Ask yourself that. And for you, it might be cutting off your family because mom wants to call every single day. And it's like, mom, (laughs) she needs you to fill out that paperwork for her. (laughs) Listen, mom, give me six months and I can call you just Sundays for the next six months, mom, but I cannot call you every day. Please do not give me a to-do list every week anymore. And so it's really, you know, setting, setting up, setting yourself up for success. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. I struggled because it was my last year in grad school. I wanted to turn up. I was in, I had just moved to New York city. I was so excited, but to me, my long-term goal was creating a successful business and working for myself full time. And because I had that vision, I knew what I had to do. Short-term sacrifices for a lifetime in paradise. Yeah, yep, I love that. I, I do just like blew my mind because it's so real. Like work-life balance is not going to exist in the very beginning. Like you have to pick and choose and show up very intentionally and know that this is moving the needle forward to all areas of your life, right? Because you maybe cut off the travel for a little bit, look, but look at you now just like traveling all over the place. So it's, it's worth it. And I think for me, I, and sometimes there's a lot of shame with that, a lot of FOMO, right. But realizing what the goal is and knowing that everything's going to be waiting for you when you're done. Um, if not better, a hundred percent, it's not going anywhere. It's just growing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about brand partnerships. (laughs) So in your, in one of your Forbes article, you shared, uh, black consumers buying power is 1.3 trillion, according to Nielsen. Um, and then that's a not a lot of money, right, for brands to overlook. Um, and we know that the influencer pay gap is still very much real and brands are still asking for partnerships for exposure. Exposure does not pay the bill, ladies and gents. Um, how are you able to negotiate with a brand 
or know when to walk away from them without fear of risking the relationship or performing from this scarcity mindset? So a really great brand actually reached out to me like three days ago, and it was for Women's History Month. They were going to have a celebrity stylist on set, other entrepreneurial women. It was actually a phenomenal opportunity. However, you have to put yourself first. You have to know if someone doesn't see your value when you need to walk away. So they said that the shoot would be six hours long. They would have paid and organic usage rights on their website, their newsletter, their social, and they wanted me to post. And they told me the budget was going to be 4,000. I was like, this is, come on. Like, I don't, is it because I'm black? Is it because it's last minute? And they're a Fortune 500 company. There's no excuse. They're very established. I'm like, at this point, that is such a smack in the face to me because I'm not an influencer. I'm a businesswoman. My time is of the essence. Like, I literally, like, I have a team of employees that I have to manage. I am very, very busy. And so to me, I'm like, to, to reach out to someone like me and say 4,000 for all that you're asking for, like that personally is a huge slap in the face. And so, you know, it's definitely disappointing. You're seeing the wage gap still, you're seeing small um, financial pitches. And I think at the end of the day, you have to just know what your value is. And it's so funny because as soon as I walked away from that pitch, the next day Fenty was in my inbox. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> he was in my inbox and I was like look at God like everything happens for a reason and I was like dang this was such a good opportunity with such an amazing brand and a celebrity stylist but it's okay because the Lord will provide and sure so he did and the next day Fenty emailed me I was like wow this is amazing a much bigger brand than who I was struggling negotiating with the day before right and so just be patient and know your worth Yeah. Yeah. I think saying no is honoring yourself, prioritizing yourself. And then it's crazy how that happens. You say no and the universe knows what's for you, right? Like it, it it starts attracting the more, more abundant opportunities for people that see your value. Same with like the people in your circle, right? Like if you set boundaries, the people, the people and opportunities that are meant for you will be there. So exactly. That's genius. Congrats on the Fenty. Congrats on the Aritzia too. You killed hey, it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Fenty's okay. still in the works. Um, but fingers crossed on that. However, yes, you have to have to have those boundaries. And know, like if someone is offering me way below my rate, yeah. I gotta walk away. And it's not all, it's not always about the rate. I remember um who was it? Uh oh gosh, this podcast with Yvonne Orgy and her best friend. But they were talking about your worth, right? And your value and knowing when to walk away from certain opportunities. And one thing they said was like, there's five things they look at. I'm not going to name all five of them, but I love this podcast. But one of them that stood out to me was if it's good for your brand awareness. And that was really important, right? Because it's not all about money. It's also about showing support. It's also about them, you know, growing your platform, getting your message out there, getting your mission out there. And to me, I had looked at those values when I was observing this and I'm like, it's not worth it. It's really, it's really not worth it because they don't value, they're showing me that they don't even value me. So why would I invest my time in them? Exactly. Yeah. And you're acknowledging where you are in your business entrepreneur journey too, because maybe like for me in the beginning, right, depending on where I am in my journey and where I'm based and all everything, right? Like my goals, 
my value, I mean, my value always stays the same, but like my priorities are different. So sometimes I will do for like in the beginning, I did a ton for exposure takeovers. Hell yeah. Like 100%. trying to get my foot in the door. I was trying right. to build these relationships. So you have to ask yourself, what are my priorities? What are my goals? Where am I in my journey? What is my capacity? And move from that. That's why those goals are so important to set for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I need to listen to that podcast. I love Yvonne. Um, It's so good. It's called Jesus and Jalof, by the way. Okay. Perfect. I can email it to you because I actually need to, I'm going to listen to it in the car today, but I need that right now because it's just a pick me up to understand, you know, if you pass, if an opportunity passes up on you or you're feeling down, just remember what your worth is and that more will be coming towards you, you know? Yeah. I love that. It just reminds you of your value. Yeah. And that's a big learning lesson for brands as well. Like I mentioned earlier, right during those important months or those like history months um, in 2020, right? We saw Black Lives Matter, like the resurge of it come back. And there was a lot of non-Black creatives that came to light, (laughs) Um, some performative, some very like doing doing the work Um, and brands, again, some performative, some actually making some changes. But it seems to have will down a little bit and maybe you know more than I do but how in what ways do you think non-black creatives and brands can continue supporting black creatives without being performative or not just for the month being or not just for the year or not just when something when shit hits the fan long-term goals speak to your community I mean literally be bold make a tweet how can we support more black-owned businesses please drop it in the comments we want to hear from you It's as simple as that, right? It's as simple as let us know how we can help you. Ask them how they can help you and do what they're asking. Like it is not that difficult, right? Because you'll see a lot of black creators say, hey, we would like longer term partnerships. We don't just want a one-off. We would like to work with you six months, right? We would like for you to set up a foundation. We'd like for you to do this. Like that's all we want to see is that you are taking these notes and you're creating actions out of them and it's not performative, right? So I think it's all about creating long-term goals, creating action, backing up your word, doing check-ins, right? Constantly doing check-ins with yourself too as well. Um, And I think it's having people on your executive board that are diverse, like let's start there, 30% rule and above, or is it, sorry, it's 15% rule. Wait, is it 15% pledge? It is 15% pledge. In my mind, 30% should really be diverse. You know? um, but I, you know, I think it's so important that that representation is reflected within your executive board and within your community. It's not just at the intern level. It needs to be at all the levels at your company. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's, it can be a little discouraging because if you're thinking about the system as a whole, it's like we really need to dismantle it and rebuild it from scratch, especially like under capitalism. So people don't know where to begin, where they don't have those executive levels. Right. But it's literally by sending like for me, sometimes I will say, like, I want to know how many creators of color you have here. If not, I can I can refer you to some like I've just started doing that because it not only helps me feel better about this campaign and be better about working with this brand, but it also gives other people opportunities. So it works both ways. So even if you feel like you don't have the power at the higher level, like there's little things that you can do to start checking in with yourself and how you're actually making a tiny difference. I agree. Um, Okay. So there's this idea of uh, that being confident means being arrogant. Um, And I think the result of that is 
comparison, assimilation, competitiveness, especially in different industries. Have you always been so unapologetic about your intersectional identities, passions? Um, and if not, how have you overcome imposter syndrome? I love this one. You know, I think that it's always just been ingrained in me since I was a little girl. I kid you not, my mom told me since I was five that I was going to be the next Oprah. And so I think it's really about, starts from childhood. You know, who is giving you those affirmations? Who's giving you that support? Who's motivating you? Who's uplifting you? Because when you're being told that every day from when you're five, you're believing that. You just know in the back of your mind, hey, I'm going to be the next Oprah and this is what I'm working towards, right? So any obstacles that come in your way, anytime you get a job opportunity at a profound established company or you get this gig that's so much money, you just say to yourself, I was destined for greatness. Why am I questioning this? This is what, you know, was bound to happen for me anyway. I'm just walking in my purpose and I'm just living out what I'm supposed to live out. And this is natural. This is for me. So that was my mindset. I was like, hey, I'm here. I'm Oprah number two. And this is for me, right? Like I am destined for greatness. And so that imposter syndrome, it's all in your head. There was a tweet I saw yesterday so funny this uh black man made this tweet and he was like i don't know what's going on right now in the world but he was like i came from an associate level position and just got a vp of marketing at a company and he was like shoot your shot y'all this is a sign like go for it go for it go for it because forget imposter syndrome if you don't want that someone else will take it right away from you and so i think and another thing is we don't all know oh my gosh, I have so many things. I'm like, there's just so much advice I've gone over the years. But one advice was one particular advice um, someone told me when I worked at Refinery29 was that if that opportunity doesn't scare that, you know, S-H-I-T out of you, that means it's not for you. So technically that's imposter syndrome, right? Because when you're taking an opportunity you're scared you're like this is not, I can't do this I'm not good enough right you're telling yourself all these things but actually that should be a sign that you should go for it right because it's only going to take you to the next level so when you get another opportunity like that you're prepared you're ready for it. you know what to do and so if it doesn't scare the heck out of you it's not for you it should scare you it should yeah. a thousand percent you should be like oh my gosh I am scared to take this right because when you're scared you're only going to grow from that and be better and stronger in the end yeah I love I love your mom for telling you you're going to be the next Oprah I think and if you didn't have that childhood like that's why inner child healing and reparenting like I'm really into that because I had a lot of trauma growing up but like Mm. affirming myself now and knowing that I get to recreate that narrative is so important and you're destined for greatness the name of the podcast and that's why we're in this space together speaking to one another right Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, I did a tweet about that because I was like a New York fashion week. I was scared. I was like, I don't belong here. I had imposter syndrome, but I was like, literally, I am literally just scratching the surface of the ceilings that were placed above me. Of course, it's meant to be scary because I'm going to break them, but like I'm just scratching Mm. the surface. So yeah, so perfect example. Uh, Okay, for the last question, even though I could talk to you for hours, but I know you're a busy woman. Um, Okay, success, right? Financial freedom is so important as women of color, but 
with like we talked about before with entrepreneurship, it may be months, years before you see a dime of that investment. How do you redefine what success looks like and then celebrate yourself throughout the entire stages? Going back to my five-year life plan, right? Because in this five-year life plan, I've broken down weekly goals for what I want to accomplish. And they're so minute. Oh my gosh. It is like finally launching your website journaling about you know your feelings this week like those to me are my wins those to-do list wins every day those are my wins they could be so small but they make me feel so much better when I can cross it out and say I told myself I was going to do this and I did it today and that is the most important thing I have saved this amount of money in these six months. And that is so important, right? I have done my research and I have looked for an event coordinator. That is my goal, right? Like it doesn't have to be these large scale, like I'm not making six figures by 30. Ah, no, it could be the smallest thing. Like I left my job and I launched my own company. You know what I mean? Okay, that's you said this. You said the smallest thing, that's but, like, but um, <laughs> you. I pitched to ten companies this month, mm-hmm. and I'm so proud of myself. And I deserve a glass of wine and some ice cream from Coldstone. Yep. Hello, right? Yeah. So, like, it is those. It is those wins that add up that are so important important, right? And that is what I'm celebrating every day, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm just celebrating my daily to-do list. Yeah. And like we talked about in the beginning, you're growing with the flow and you're you're very realistic about, okay, I know this is a busy month. I'm going to follow through with those commitments. Next month, we're taking a vacation and we're taking a chill, right? Like you're giving yourself pace and you're just right. showing up for what you've already committed to. So you have to, you have to. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Nana. I thank you so much. much. This was such a wonderful call. Um, let us know where we can find you, connect with you, be part of everything you have going on. Yeah. So you can follow me at it's really Nana, every stylish girl and every stylish girl biz to find more about what my company is doing and how we can work and support you. Yes, everyone needs to follow it, especially if you're a woman of color in media. Um, so many resources there. So I'll link them all in the show notes. But it was such a pleasure. Have a great It was weekend. such an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Grow With The Flow podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe for your biweekly dose of motivation and inspiration, highlighting successful women of color living a successful, unapologetic life, both professionally and personally. Don't forget to leave a review, share the episode with a friend, or if you can't wait until the next episode, catch up with me on Instagram at Grow With The Flow Podcast or at Itzy Canales. 